Welcome, everyone, uh, to the Grow People podcast. Welcome, welcome. That is Pastor Jason, lead pastor of Revolution Church. My name is David Stein, and I'm the campus pastor at our Canton location. The purpose of the Grow People podcast is to grow people. To grow people. I feel like I I almost yelled that in the microphone and clipped it. That's okay. Made it clip. You're supposed to yell the Grow People part. Well, welcome to uh, episode, I don't even know what episode this is. This is episode a whole lot. Yes. Um, it's we, in the 20s, isn't it? Oh, it has to be in the 20s. It's like 28. Perhaps our statistician Chandler Elder would know. Okay. Uh, that's good. <laughs> that was a blank pause for him <laughs> to speak. Is that what that was? Um, <laughs> we, we said often, and we, we said it in the last podcast, sometimes the best podcast is the 15 minutes in uh, prior to the podcast. I just learned something, and... You know, you hear Pastor Jason all the time say how much he loves words. You are a wordsmith. Um, uh, I, That's what Gertis means in German. Did you know that? No. It doesn't. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I was just making that up because that's what that's what happened with people's names. You know, if you were yeah, a, it meant something. It meant it meant that's what your vocation would be. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I have looked into that though. Like, there's, and I, I don't know for sure, but Gertis is German, and it might be a shortened form of Gertismann mm-hmm. or Gerhard. Mm. Um, so, from what I can tell, you know, when you do all the research and stuff, if it's the Gerhard part, which would be just like the German way of saying Gertis, then that one, which is the one I like, it has like it comes from the Eastern German. Uh, royalty, line of royalty. So, you know, never know. Cool. Uh, have you ever done one of those genealogy things? Uh, my dad has. Mm-hmm. We've done it on him, like mm-hmm. the ancestry. Is right. that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah. Did it on him because we thought we had Native American mm-hmm. um, as a part of our ancestry, which that's really hard to determine. So we were doing it on him, and I was trying to do all that. And then – um like we said before, Dolly Parton's my cousin, so we're tracing all that out, you know. Mm-hmm. So, some, yeah. Well, from nine to five, at least. <laughs> that's, that's as far <laughs> as it goes. If you don't know, that's a Dolly Parton reference. Well, right you, there. you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> it's for the three or four people that, that get, get it. it. Yeah, working nine to. Yeah, there you go. Okay, you went too far. I did. Yeah. I did. which is typically what I do. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a, a cousin who I didn't know until probably my early thirties. And he had done a genealogy on our family and it was like a hundred percent accurate back about 115, 120 years. Oh wow. And then it was totally whacked. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was real or, or not, huh. but um, yeah, he had, he had definitely my great grandparents uh, emigrating from uh, Vitebsk, Russia. Hmm. And, and that was, Totally correct. Yeah. And then their parents um, was correct. But then before that. It's tough. It, yeah. It is tough. Well, I remember when I first found out your real name, uh, your, your, I shouldn't say your real name. It's not like your full name. Yes. Um, we were taking a, a trip somewhere and I just knew you as David and, yeah. you know, Leanna Stein and uh, the Rise and Stein morning show mm-hmm. that you did. Um, and then we were taking a flight and you gave me your name is Himmelstein. Yeah. 
who the heck is this guy? You yeah, know, yeah. Um, can we can we cut that out of, of the podcast yeah. now? <laughs> <laughs> the secrets out. We didn't want to say that. Um, but I didn't know. Like the reason I bring that up is like your whole um, you know genealogy is Jewish. Mm-hmm. I didn't know like all the Jewish names. You know of like you were rattling them off. And, oh yeah, like I, the, I come from a family of well on my mom's side. There's uh, the Goldbergs, Goldbergs, uh, yeah. the Goldsteins. Yeah. Um, there's Levin. Levin is like Smith. Mm. So um, if you go back to uh, Ellis Island, yeah, it would be Levin, 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 Levin. Mm. And you know, when my family uh, came through, they normally would have you know changed the name. Yeah, they would have shortened it up. Yeah, but I didn't shorten it up until I got on the radio in 1986, <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was necessary. And true story, I'm not making this up. I had a co-host. He was probably 20 years older than me. Uh, it was, it was the eighties. Um, <laughs> he, he came, he came walking down the hall and he goes, Hey man, <laughs> what's your name? And yeah. I told him, he goes, never going to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so everything got shortened up and that's where we are now. Isn't that funny? Like that's very common. Yeah. You know, and that's what I mean. Like I was saying with Gertis might be shortened from Gertisman and mm-hmm. people, you know, when they came here, you know, mm-hmm. they may have like Irish would have like, Oh, something they dropped that part, right. you know, but yeah, I didn't know the, uh, like, like the Goldbergs, the, like in the bagel companies and you know, I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that it was Jewish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to your point, I think you do kind of learn a, a history and kind of a richness when you can learn mm-hmm. people's names and their backgrounds and their story. Yeah. And- names ending in Farb, F A R B. Uh, Baum, B-A-U-M, hmm. uh, very Jewish names. Oh, see, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really didn't know any other Jewish people aside from the three families that lived in my hometown, hmm. and we were all related. Yeah, we, we we were. It was it was a, it was a little strange. Yeah. Um, until I went to college. Really. And and I went to uh, Franco to Marshall College in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, partying with the Amish. Yeah. Is it Lancaster or Lancaster? If you live in California, it's Lancaster. <laughs> yeah. it's, or Texas, it's, it's Lancaster. Yeah, it's Pennsylvania, Lancaster. So um, that was 30% Jewish. Hmm. And I had never been around other Jewish kids. So Interesting. It was, inter- it, was, it was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, we got to do a lot of the things that I grew up doing, uh, participating in traditional Passover seders and things like that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until I got saved that I realized what Passover was. What it was all about. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? knew? Ironically. But but back to the wordsmithing, we were talking about enthusiasm. Yeah. And you dropped a nugget on me. And I I think I know words. Didn't know this one. Yeah, we were talking about, how did we bring up enthusiasm? Did you just mention it? Um, Oh, Oh, we were talking about the lack of coffee, weren't we? We didn't have caffeine. We just ate lunch. It's the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. And I said, we're going to have to manufacture the enthusiasm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then I was explaining, yeah, how the word enthusiasm comes from the enthusiasm means uh, from the Greek entheos. Mm -hmm. Um, So it means to be in God. Yeah. Yeah. so the idea of having enthusiasm means being possessed or controlled by God. Um, so when you were using enthusiasm to talk about how, and rightly, it's how we use it. Like having enthusiasm means you have passion, energy. Like I'm very enthusiastic. Um, 
But what's kind of cool about the word and sad at the same time, it's like we try to get enthusiasm without being in God. Mm. But true enthusiasm comes from being controlled or possessed by God. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. I did a series on that when I was a student pastor before coming to revolution. And that was something that I, I tried to get our students all the time to understand is, you know, when you follow God, there is an enthusiasm there, there is a passion. And so I, I was trying to present, you know, a better alternative, like following God is better than following the world. Because when you follow God, this is what you get. Mm -hmm. You know, you get enthusiasm, you get passion, you get, in, you know, direction. Um, so yeah, that's always stuck with me. That's cool. That enthusiasm comes from being in theos, being in God. That made it even a better word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm more enthusiastic about the word now yeah. that, that I know that. And, and please don't think I'm being disingenuous by not using my whole name. Um, it's actually part of the witness protection program. So, yeah. <laughs> and, and my whole name uh, wouldn't have fit in the wordle this week. No, come on now. Yeah, that was pretty cool. What was it? So today's, so it was yesterday, Monday, the wordle for Monday. Um, I, and, and David and I, uh, we've actually talked about it on here before wordle, you know, when it first came out, we were playing it quite right. a bit. And, you know, it kind of tapers off. And so I came in yesterday and asked you, hey, have you done the Wordle yet today? He said, no, I haven't done it in like months, in months yeah. you know, uh, <clears throat> which I was a little disappointed. I got to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> but it's okay. We can, we can talk about that later. Um, and I said, oh, you totally need to do it because it would be very personal to you. Like yep. you need to do the Wordle. And then later that day you came up and showed me. And so you want to say like what you had put in first. Well, you said it was very personal. So I, I first thing I could think of was Jesus. Yeah. So I, 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 five letter, five letter words. So I yeah. put Jesus down and I got the E and the S yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah. So if you've done world, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so E and the S, E and the S. And I, I would normally start out my, my starter word is some type of consonant blend, whether it's train or stain or something like that. So I went S T S T E S. Hey, wait a minute! <laughs> Is it possible? Yeah. <laughs> and it was Stein. It was Stein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, ironically, I didn't know was a word. Yeah, like outside of a name. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I was saying that, when I did it on Monday, I was trying to guess the word, and I'm and I'm trying to guess. I think I had gotten S T. I and N and I'm like, what word can this be? Yeah. And then I, I was like, surely it's not Stein. And I typed <laughs> it in. I'm like, hold on. That's David's name. How is this? <laughs> how is this a wordle? Apparently you need to go to some more Oktoberfests. <laughs> well, and ironically enough, now we've come full circle. It's a German thing. Yes. Like I didn't know that. Like mm -hmm. it's a German, what mug yeah. for, for beer. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and you go to flea markets and you'll see all kinds of ornate uh, beer steins. Beer steins. Yes. Yeah. Man, many of them have uh, some type of pewter lid to, <laughs> I don't know, keep out the impurities. <laughs> I, I, like a lid that you like, you yeah. put it down. Yeah. Like, you yeah. open it up with your thumb. So this was like pre-Yeti. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, was, it, it, was the, it was the it was the ancient world's version. The medieval Yeti. All right. Uh, <laughs> almost been there. I just drank the tea. I almost spit it out. <laughs> Medieval Yeti wasn't even the funniest thing I've said so far. But literally, I have tea coming out my nose. <laughs> Anybody know what that's called? 
snurfing. <laughs> no, what is that? That's that's when you drink liquid and it comes out your nose because somebody makes you laugh. It's snurfing. No, I I hope that's what it is, and it's not something offensive. Chandler, can you look up snurfing is, is real quick? Is that today's wordle snurf? <laughs> All right, we're never going to get to anything here. Oh my god! But we did get to a lot. That was funny. We've covered a lot. We've covered a lot of ground uh, today. Uh, you didn't know enthusiasm, and I didn't know snurfing. There you go. Orstein. Yep. Uh. And the Greek for snurfing. <laughs> you. Uh, all right. How do you how do you segue out of this? I I really don't know. You're all right. Yeah, I'm all right. All right. Yeah, I uh, just wiping those of you watching online. I'm not. I just have tea coming out my nose. Yeah. So. Yep. All good. Do you need a tissue? No, I think I'm all right. Okay. Yeah. Let me try this again so I can okay. try to wash it down. All right. Um, you have been... Okay, now, now we're getting serious. You were actually wrestling with something this week. And ever since the series Welcome to the Wrestle, that seems to be a buzzword around here. When we're, you know, not not in conflict, but in ch- trying to figure stuff out. Yeah. And you were wrestling with something about the message mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend. And uh, I think it's I think it's pretty... Uh, pretty powerful well now that you say welcome to the wrestle and we've gone serious but i feel like i have to say it you know what i mean like anytime somebody says that <laughs> welcome well, there you go <laughs> to the wrestle uh that you can just go back and watch those messages yeah. if you don't know what we're talking about it was the series on micah <clears throat> no it was before that it was yeah it was the series about jacob oh yeah okay if you listen to the messages that's I, where I um i wasn't i wasn't in there <laughs> <laughs> no, the series on Micah was called Micah. <laughs> okay, now it's got. I just <laughs> now you're now you're snurfing. <laughs> that, that's just. I I don't think this is the jump the shark episode. I think it's this not. is this is where we find our groove. Yeah, we finally found it after. 20-something episodes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to the wrestle. Welcome We're to wrestle. the wrestle. You're wrestling with something. It's serious. It is serious. Wipe that <laughs> smile <laughs> off your face. I'm just enthusiastic. <laughs> I can't help it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the only time that I have not turned off my ringer. If you didn't notice, that, yeah, don't. that's David's ringer in his text message. Hot pocket. Yeah, is that. Oh, gosh. I am sweating now. Okay. Ooh, um, I feel like I need to take off my my jacket. It's cold outside, but it's getting hot in here. Which this shirt, actually, somebody in our church got me. You haven't seen that. I have not seen that. Yeah. So the two best words in the Bible. Two best words in the Bible. This will help us get serious. If you're watching, you can see it. It says, "But God." Um, but some of my favorite people in our church, mm-hmm. uh, William and Tracy Anderson, got me this um, for my birthday. That's or, awesome. No, Pastor Appreciation Month, and um, which is this month? Yeah, which is this month? By and the so, way, yeah. So, but God, uh, which I have said is the two best words in the Bible. But yes, to your point, the wrestle. Um, see, this that was. I mean, that was better than the pre fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking last week. We're preaching through the Gospel of John, and. Um, and it's called John, mm-hmm. just like Micah was called Micah. And um, in John chapter 16, Jesus has talked several times about the role of the Holy Spirit, yep. talking to his disciples. And so in John 16, 
uh, 4 through 15, which was the text we did last week on the Holy Spirit. Um, I was talking to you ahead of time about, um, yeah, I was trying to finalize the message and knew I was going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but was really wrestling with, uh, like there were some other verses that I wanted to put in out of Galatians chapter five, but I just knew like I wasn't going to have time to get to that. And so we were talking about that and uh, I had asked you, um, you know, should I put these, these verses in? Should I not? Um, and settled on, no, I shouldn't, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, there was just kind of this wrestle going into the message and partly because I was gone for the, you know, first part of last week in Chicago with our church planning network. So I got back really late Wednesday night. We didn't land until one thirty AM and then didn't get home till two thirty Thursday morning, Thursday morning. Yeah. And then I had to preach that night. So at first I just kind of chalked it up to like, I'm tired. I'm trying to preach. I'm not thinking clearly, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, but then when I preached the message Thursday night, I, I just felt really um, like kind of out of sorts with it. Like I, I, you know, I, I taught on the text, but it just felt like, you know, <clears throat> I'm not doing this text justice. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really trying. And, and again, I just kind of chalked it up to, uh, I'm tired, you know, it'll get better on Sunday. And then obviously I did sleep, you know, a few more times before Sunday. So I felt like Sunday was better than Thursday at least. Um, but even on Sunday, I was wrestling with, you know, really, cause in the text, Jesus was talking about, um, how the Holy spirit is our advantage. Um, cause he said, you know, I'm going away, but it's better for you that I go away. Cause mm-hmm. I'm going to send the, the helper <clears throat> and it's to your advantage that I go away. And so I was talking about that. That was the title of the message, Our Advantage. And then uh, I got to the end of it where he was talking about the Spirit will lead you into truth and I asked a question at the end um, saying, do we reflect or do we echo God's truth more than the world's truth? And, I, you know, I always I want people to think about, you know, I want the, the text to have an effect on them. <clears throat> but even after Sunday, I felt like I just didn't do – um, I didn't do enough. And I don't say that as a negative. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't, I'm not wanting people to be like, Oh no, you did a good job. It's not that, but it's more of a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what we were talking about. Even today is like, I just felt like I should have broken that text up into two weeks uh, because it was, it's so good. And I just want people to know, like as a pastor, you know, we deal with this all the time. We deal with people <clears throat> that are really struggling and really wrestling in their yep. life, really struggling with whatever it is that they're struggling with, just life or relational issues or, you know, it's not going the way that they thought. It's just tough, you know, and th- not even considering, you know, what we've been through the last several years, but you just throw that on top of it. You know, um, it's been a really tough season. And so, I, I, what I said to y'all this morning in our meeting was like, I almost felt like <clears throat> the message towards the end took a more negative tone and I didn't want it to have a negative tone. Like I didn't want people to feel like I was almost chastising them for saying like, if you're not reflecting the truth. Well, ex- explain why you thought it took a negative tone because of the point that you ended the message with. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I was the point that I was out of, 
verse 14 and 15, you know, Jesus said that the spirit is going to take what is mine and declare it to you. And then Jesus said, everything that the father has is his. And that word there has is the Greek word echo. And I was, <clears throat> it kind of struck me like everything that Jesus has is an echo of what his father has. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is everything that Jesus has, the father has. And everything that Jesus has, the Spirit's going to declare to us, which means we have it too. So we have an echo of Jesus, who's an echo of the Father, which means we have what the Father has. And like it, you know, if a sound's bouncing off walls, it's echoing. There's only one sound, but it's bouncing off multiple things. Well, we get the privilege and honor to be a part of that now. Like Mm -hmm. we're invited into that now. We get to have everything that the Father has. And so I was trying to make that point. Um, but to your state, like, but I felt like it was a, I didn't want it to come across as a negative. And this, this is the wrestle. I didn't want people to be like, well, I'm not reflecting that enough. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not the point. The point is not to just look at, although I did want people to be introspective and think, are you reflecting the, are you, are you reflecting the truth of God or are you reflecting the truth of the world? And that was the question. That was the question at the end. Yeah. And then I, I wanted to make sure that, and this is the spin that I was wanting to put on it, and that, that I felt like I could have done a better job of, is I wanted to say, because you can echo God, like because you've been given the advantage now. Yes. You've been given the ability. Um, and so the wrestle is, you know, originally in the way we, the way we planned out this series, you know, we're going to be in it through mother's day next year. Um, I was going to move on to the next set of scriptures this week, starting in verse 16, but I really just feel that the spirit doesn't want us to move on from the text from last week. And so we're going to go back over that text again. Well, if you're going to be in a passage about the Holy spirit, yeah, (laughs) it's kind of like, and you're not spirit led. Yeah. That would be bad. That would be bad because again, I want our people to know, the advantage that's been given to them. Um, like I was, you know, I've got my Bible here and we were joking about that. This is the first time I brought my Bible on set, which maybe is not a good thing, but in John 16, you know, just in my, I was writing notes before we were talking you know, Jesus said again, it's to your advantage that I go away. Well, everybody's looking for an advantage. Like whether it's sports, every coach is looking for an edge. You know, coaches mm-hmm. watch film because they're looking for an advantage to take advantage of. They, okay, what's a weakness we can exploit? Right. What's a strength that we have that will work against them? So everybody's doing all this work to try to find an advantage. You know, everybody wants the secret, you know, whether in investing in the stock market, everybody wants an advantage. Everybody wants an insider. You know, we have laws against insider training, uh, trading, you know. And so when you think about life, Everybody, that's what I wrote down in my notes. Everyone is looking for an advantage. Everyone. Um, well, the amazing thing is Jesus built one in, in our life with him. Like he built in an advantage. And one of the analogies that I said on Sunday that I didn't say on Thursday, which I'll come back and say this week, was the idea of a cheat code. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I talked about one of the most famous cheat codes in video games that there is that was popularized in the eighties and nineties with the game Contra, you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start. 
if you did that, when you got a couple of shouts when I when did. When you oh, did like that. audible shouts. Yeah, uh, you got extra lives at the nine thirty. A guy in Canton yelled out thirty. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you get thirty lives. <clears throat> and so the the amazing thing is, is like the inventors of the game built the game. To, it was a really hard game. You almost couldn't win the game without the cheat code. Um, cause you only had three lives normally, but with the cheat code, you had 30 lives. And so again, thinking about that, Jesus built this game with the cheat code built in it. He knows that we can't bear this. And that's what the word advantage means, which that's the part that really blew me away. The word advantage means to, it's made up of two words in Greek. It's simpharo, you know, sim meaning, uh, with, or sin meaning with. Pharaoh means to bear. Um, and so the word, Jesus says, it's to your advantage. The word means, and it was it's a verb, Jesus saying, I'm the advantage is there's going to be another one to bear things with you. There's going to be another one that's with you carrying the weight of the commands that I've given, that's carrying the weight of the call on your life. And so <clears throat> the built-in advantage that we have is the person of the Holy Spirit. God has never called us to do something that he won't bear the weight of doing it. And that's the part that's so amazing to me, and that's what I want our church to understand, which is why I said I'm wrestling, because I don't want to move on too quick from this text Mm -hmm. without reinforcing the point to people to understand the advantage that we've been given. The cheat code that's been built in, and and I joked Again, on Sunday, I didn't say this on Thursday. If you're listening on Thursday and you didn't hear any of this, it's because you didn't hear any of this. I didn't say (laughs) it. Um, But I just looked up the definition of cheat code in Urban Dictionary, which, again, you have to be careful with Urban Dictionary sometimes. But it it means unfairly awesome. Well, I I don't know of very many people would describe the Christian life as unfairly awesome but that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's unfair. We didn't deserve it. You know, that's right. We got what we didn't deserve, which was help. Uh, We didn't get what we did deserve, which is hell. That'll preach right there. Mm -hmm. We should have got help, but we got help. Mm. That's the unfair Mm. part. And it's awesome. Well, how would that change our daily walk with God? Speaking now of enthusiasm, how enthusiastic would we be if we understood the unfairly awesome advantage that we have? And that would prevent us from? It would prevent us from falling away. Um, and that's the point, you know, and Jesus said in, in the message two weeks ago, chapter 16, verses one through four, he says, I'm telling you these things to keep you from falling away. So not only did Jesus tell us in chapter 15 what was coming for us, that the world would hate us, He said, you know, I'm telling you this so that you know ahead of time. But then he also said, but I'm going to give you a helper, Mm. an advantage. I'm going to create an unfairly awesome situation for you so that you have the advantage. And with the Holy Spirit, you won't fall away. Mm. And so therefore, I think the reason why so many Christians fall away is they don't take advantage of the advantage. Mm. And there was there was a moment when you were explaining this, and uh, I think it was uh, on Sunday, where you mentioned a verse from Romans chapter eight, 
mm-hmm. that we are co-heirs with Christ. Yeah. And do we get that? Yeah. So put those two things together. We're co-heirs with the creator of the universe. Yeah. And again, that goes back to the point of everything that the father has is the son's. Well, everything that the son has is now ours. Um, so therefore, if I'm a co-heir with Christ, I have everything that he has. Mm-hmm. Well, what does he have? He has everything that the father has. Well, what does the father have? Everything. And I was talking about the point, uh, which I never quite understood this verse until someone explained it to me, the, where you know, it says in the Old Testament that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, a, a metaphorical way of speaking and saying, it's not like God's literally saying a thousand hills and all the cattle, but a thousand just means the complete number. He owns it all, everything. It's an infinite number. Um, and so the Bible uses numbers that way. And so God owns everything, epitomized by the cows cattle on a thousand. He owns every hill and every cattle on every hill. Well, Jesus has that. Well, I now have that too, because I'm a co-heir with Mm -hmm. Christ. And again, if I understand how unfairly awesome Mm. Christ has made it for us, and the Holy Spirit is here, as he said in verse 12, to lead us, to guide us into that truth, um, well, that the truth And the reason why it sets me free is the truth is God has everything. Jesus purchased it for me. The Holy Spirit's applying it to me. So now I have that. I have been unfairly advantaged with everything that God is in Christ. Well, what can the world give me that's better than that? There's nothing. Yeah. I mean, it frees me and it frees us from being drawn away from falling away. It frees it. Cause now the devil's like, Hey, you know, I got a little Pez dispenser over here. You know, you want to pay. And, the, and I'm like, well, I've got a buffet. Mm. I've got all of this with God. Why would I want what you have? Yeah. Um, so that's the point that again, that I want to try to get across and, and we're going to go back over that text this week. Cause I just don't want to move too quickly. Yeah. Um, I don't want to move on to the next thing. Like we were talking about earlier. I want people to understand the advantage that we have, um, which the text, you know, that we had talked about that I was talking with you about last week, putting in the sermon was the Galatians five text, which I mentioned in the gatherings, but we didn't have it on the screen, you know, but Paul said in Galatians five, you know, he wrote that letter to the Galatians because they had been, um, they had been tripped up. They had been, they were following good, and then someone came in and tripped them up. They were in danger of falling away. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul calls them fools. Yeah, and he says in verse seven of chapter five, he says, "Who you were running so well? Who came in and tripped you up?" Um, and then at the end of the chapter, he says, "Walk in step with the Spirit." But his whole point that he's trying to make is the truth of the gospel, which he makes clear in verse two. When he says, if you accept circumcision, if you accept the rules of the religious world at the time, then Christ is of no advantage to you. So it's like we've been given two paths, the path of the world, which provides no advantage, 
or the path of Christ, which is hard, but is, has a built-in advantage, has the built-in, the gospel's built into it. Uh, we are connected to the Father. We are empowered by the Spirit. The cheat code's built in. So again, going back to the game analogy, do you want to play Contra with three lives or 30 lives? Do you mm-hmm. want to play with the cheat code or without the cheat code? Right. One of them is unfairly awesome. And that was the point he was trying to make. And that's the point I'm trying to make, um, that I want our people to understand. It's just the advantage we've been given. Um, the unfair, awesome advantage that we have, the cheat code that's been built in. Um, let's take advantage of that. Let's receive the help that we need from the Holy Spirit in order to walk with Jesus. And, and it's not a game. We're, we're, uh, we're in a time in our lives, and you spoke to this uh, many times over mm-hmm. the last few weeks, that we are in the end times. Yeah. And it's not going to get any better. No. It's going to get worse. So this is life or death for us to yeah. get now. And why wouldn't we want the advantage? Yeah, and and that's and not to get. Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago, yeah, about that, like the end times. And one of our group leaders from Jasper texted me, and his text messages, and he's such a funny guy. He said, uh, you know, something to the effect of like, no rapture and no tribulation, gonna make for a fun small group, you know, <laughs> um, because he knew, you know, that was gonna get brought up, and I'm sure uh, there was a lot of good group conversation. My point is this. I don't want to, there are differing opinions on the end times and that's fine. I don't think someone is unbiblical if they believe in a dispensational view of the end times, which that's a fancy word. It just means we're going to be raptured up before the tribulation comes. I don't think someone's unbiblical if they have that view. Um, So I want to be clear about that. There are Jesus-loving, Bible-believing Christians that hold that view. I personally don't hold that view. Um, and, and the reason why, I mean, there, I have a lot of biblical reasons why. But I think the dangerous part of that view, that an unintended consequence that has happened in churches, is pastors promised people that they'd be gone before it got bad. And so therefore they weren't preparing people. Right. So to your point, what we're trying to do is I'm not trying to promise people, Hey, just hold on until the rapture comes. I'm trying to say, no, you need to be prepared for it. You need to be prepared that it's going to get worse until he comes. Like it's going to get worse. So you better be prepared to take advantage of the Holy spirit. You better be prepared because they're coming for your faith. You know, that's what Jesus said. They're going to kick you out of the synagogue. They're going to kill you thinking that they're doing a service to God. Mm-hmm. Well, I think people read that and they just don't take it seriously enough. Well, no, because we prepare for everything else. Yeah. You prepare for six months for a Disney vacation mm-hmm. and you are ready to go and you have every eventuality checked out. You bought your, you bought your trip insurance. Yeah. That, your fast passes. You've yep, done it all. Yep. Yeah. Um, you, you do it if you're going tailgating to a football game. You've got everything. You've got the ice. You've got the Yeti. You're all set. You got your beer stein stein with the the porter, the pot, the uh, pewter, pewter, (laughs) the pewter lid. It could be a porter. That's in the, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Long time ago. Yeah. Um, 
so you know we prepare for everything but this eventuality that is promised to us by the one who cannot break his promise. Exactly. That's such a good point. In fact, I'm glad we're talking about this because that's something I need to say in the message this weekend. So I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, you're exactly right. Like we do prepare for everything, but it feels like except for the one thing that we should be the most prepared for. Um, and, and I've got to check myself on that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you were- no, I, we all do. You know, that's where, again, like, you know, my, we've talked about this. My son is in college and, you know, he is at a, at a college that is, you know, founded on Christian principles. It's not a Christian college. Um, but there are things that he has taught there and that they believe that I would say are unchristian. So Jackson and I had many conversations about, the things that he was going to face when he was there, mm-hmm. the things that he were going to be was going to be told that is outside of biblical truth. So I had to prepare him for that. Um, so again, thinking about that, like it just amazes me that parents haven't prepared their children. Yeah, they haven't prepared their children for the onslaught of the sexual revolution. They haven't prepared their. Someone said the other day, you, you know, about every sixty years we go through a revolution. Um, we went through one in the sixties and, and here we are 60 years later and, and COVID was one of several revolutions that we were going through. We were going through a political revolution. And then I heard someone say, we're actually going, he believes we're going through another sexual revolution because it all came to the forefront. Well, we've got children, our children that we love that again, we better prepare them for a Disney trip than we do how to have faith. Mm-hmm. We better prepare them for a football game than we do how to walk with Jesus every day. Um, and so to your point, that's the part that amazes me is, man, we got to get prepared. We, we have to be ready um, for the attacks on our faith. Um, and not just from an outside perspective, but even from an inside, from my own heart, mm-hmm. you know, um, from my own struggles. Um and so that's why I've been really wrestling is because I just want to help people not fall away. And it's so important to know the real thing, mm-hmm. to know the truth. Uh, and, and we see this in our political season right here in Georgia. We have, we have candidates who are telling lies about their beliefs on Scripture. Mm-hmm. And if we don't know the truth of Scripture, if we don't know who Jesus is and what he says— we're never going to recognize the fake. Yeah. It's, it's why the FBI or the uh, Secret Service, uh, the guys who are on the counterfeit team, they study the real $100 bill. Hmm. They don't study the fake. Yeah. They study the real one so they can spot the fake. They can spot the fake. That's good. That's a good point. Yeah, and that's what I think Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit is here to do. The Holy Spirit is here to lead us to the real Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here to lead us. Again, that's our advantage. That's the built-in advantage we have. We don't have to figure out the real Jesus by ourselves. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. He will guide us into truth. He will lead us into what is true. The real, the, um, a, a buddy of mine who um, pastors a, a church. In fact, Corey, I, I think Corey, who used to be on staff here, uh, he was our student minister here in Canton for a long time. He is actually the lead pastor of a church in um, Iowa now. Um, 
And the mission statement of that church, I'm pretty sure, is to lead people to the real Jesus. Hmm. And and that's the point yeah. is like the that we're trying to make. The Holy Spirit is here to lead you into the real Jesus. Because I think there's a lot of people today that have believed a false Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, a false gospel. You know, we call those people false prophets or antichrists. You know, like people have just bought into a real worldly idea of who Jesus is. And again, that's not a new phenomenon. It happened in the first century. It'll happen in every century. So I'm not saying that we're not trying to scare anybody, but we are trying to prepare people to take advantage of the advantage that we've been given, take advantage of the power and the person of the Holy spirit that's available to us to lead us into truth um, so that we can get to know all that Jesus is and all that Jesus has because all that he is is what he has for us. Wow. Well, as a steward of Revolution Church, I am grateful, um, and I hope you heard this today, that um, our pastor is willing to throw everything out the window to say, wait a minute, we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I don't mean everything out the window. <laughs> I mean the, the, agen- to, yeah. the agenda, the schedule. Yeah, the schedule. Um, because you know things are planned out. Yeah, we do talk about these things in advance. Yeah, uh, but willing to say uh, no, this is Jesus's church, as you say often. It's mm-hmm. not Jason's church; it's Jesus's church, and we're going to listen to him. Yeah, no, and we were talking about that at lunch today. That uh, we have a, you know, there's people here at our church that are newer. You know, some have been around for a long time, but we have a history of that. And I was just explaining even before you got here yeah. times that we would change up a gathering or, you know, we, something would happen. So yeah, again, we as leaders of the church want to keep in step with the spirit too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, John, who wrote the book of revelation, uh, and I'll preach through that at some point in time, Lord willing in my, my tenure here, but there's a phrase that gets repeated in the first several chapters, you know, hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. Um, well, that was true then. And it's true now mm-hmm. we need to hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. Now, again, how I read the book of Revelation is those seven churches that are mentioned there, yes, they were historical churches and they were things that were true for those churches at the time, but they are still true for all churches of all time. You know, the book of Revelation wasn't written just to the people in the end. Mm. Again, theologically speaking, I think we're in the end, so it's written to all of us. It's written to every church in every generation. Mm -hmm. And the admonition is Jesus is coming. So listen to what the spirit is saying. Um, and I, I do think the spirit is speaking to us and I do think the spirit speaks to us and he speaks to us through his word. And so that's why I want to go back over this word again to help better prepare people how to listen to what the spirit is saying. Okay. So if you come to church this week, which I encourage you to do, and uh, you hear Pastor Jason say, open up your Bibles to John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. Uh, you're not in, um, what was the, you're not in Groundhog Day? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, part, we are going over it again. Part two of John 16, verses 5 through 15 uh, this week. Thank you for uh, listening to the Spirit. Thank you for sharing today. This has been the Grow People podcast, our producer and photographer today. Yeah, he's doing it uh, well. Is Chandler Elder. Uh, our head of doctrine is theologian. Um, <laughs> our chief evangelist is salvation. Yeah. <laughs> Sal, salvation. Salvation. Sal. 
Um, our backsliding prevention officer is Luke Warm. <laughs> Did you come up with these yourself? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, actually, Leanna wrote Luke Warm. Oh, that, yeah. well, that's the funniest one. So Leanna, Leanna wrote that one. Yeah. Um, our translation specialist is Lexi Khan. Uh, <laughs> lexicon people. Yeah. Um, and our family tree expert is genealogy. Genie. Genealogy. Um, so there you go. That Those are the people behind the scenes. Making it happen. Making it. People are laughing right now in their cars. I know they are. I know they are. Uh, finally, best. We're just going to speak it prophetically. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> best advice ever. Trust God and take a nap. See you.